Hello, and welcome to Life Lessons from a Total Failure, the podcast, a show that shares stories from passionate people living life on their own terms, and one that reminds us how life's failures and struggles are just the plot twists needed in our own personal stories to help us get to where we were meant to be. I'm your host, MJ Doherty. I think by now we all know that reality shows aren't so real. They are simply another type of entertainment and are carefully set up to achieve a certain objective for that show. In these shows, we tend to judge people on the behavior we see, but what we may not realize is that we are seeing certain people exactly how the production wants us to see them. My guest this week is Blake Ellerby, and he was a contestant on Rachel Lindsay's season of The Bachelor and also made an appearance on Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know what category I would put him in for his character on the show. Romantic? No. Clown? No. Villain? Mm, No. He was just kind of used to propel drama and a storyline forward. I wouldn't have thought much more about him until I came across a photo about a personal training client of his that he helped lose 100 pounds. As someone who has struggled with their weight their whole life, I always have weight on the brain. I decided to check out his social media and found that this guy from The Bachelor is an extremely intelligent guy who is passionate about what he does and has an extreme desire to help people live a healthy lifestyle. Whether he is doing little videos about foods in the grocery store or posting info debunking fads of dieting, he genuinely seems to want to help people and doesn't care what people think of him. He has a strong sense of self that shines through, and to me, that is admirable. He isn't the trainer that is just posting his perfect physique as he does bicep curls at the gym. He is showing how he truly lives a fit and healthy lifestyle, and he inspires by being genuine. Not to mention, he has the cutest dog. I'm so excited to have this colorful guy with me today as I think he has some great stories to share, some real insight for those looking for help in their fitness and health journeys, and well, we all like to hear about what goes on in The Bachelorette. Plus, with Thanksgiving coming tomorrow and the holiday season coming upon us, I thought it was the perfect time to have someone on the show who really knows how to live a life of fitness. Blake, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So, all right, before we start getting into all of the stuff that makes you an interesting guy. How about you give us some background? Tell me where you're from. Uh, what was your childhood like? You know, how did you get to where you are today? Well, I am an aspiring drummer from... Uh... <laughs> an aspiring drummer. Yes, we all know you're yeah. an aspiring drummer. What does that mean? Now, let's, let's back up a little further, though. So. I'll, give you, I'll give you the bio first. I'm, uh, I'm 32. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I've been in LA about six years now and I, my day job is a, you know, I'm a personal trainer and nutritionist and I am a drummer, but drummer is more of a hobby right. despite what the show would have you. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not opposed to being a rock star, but until it falls into my lap, I don't consider myself aspiring. Right. You just, you're, you're a drummer. Yeah. So, um, okay. So you, you're a personal trainer now, but, and you're from Florida. You, were you always a fitness guy? Was that something, or were you always a drummer? Or what was your passion growing up? Who were you as a kid? I've constantly been torn between two worlds. Um, my mom kind of calls me a renaissance man because I've never done just one thing. Like in college, I was a bouncer, a personal trainer in a fraternity, in a rock band. Um, I just, you know, I was a gym rat. I, I kind of do everything. So, you know, I'd be at the fraternity and they'd make fun of me for having shaggy hair and wearing tight jeans, being in the rock band. And then I'd go to my band practice and they'd make fun of me for like having a polo and going to the fraternity. And I never really had one thing. So my whole life, I mean, I started playing drums when I was 13. And so I've kind of always been this, this punk drummer that, you know, kind of in my drumming path has kind of grown in different directions, but I've always been a drummer and, you know, I've kind of always been a jock too. I wrestled in high school and I started taking weightlifting and after weightlifting, I was hooked. So, you know, I'd be lying if I said that the inception of weightlifting wasn't like 
girls like buff guys, so right. I need to be one of those. So I'll go move the iron around. But then over the years, it evolved into so much more. It just became a lifestyle. It gives you confidence. You just feel better. You have more energy. And I just wanted to help others with that. So it was a natural progression for me to go from training myself to training others. And you're like a legit trainer. You're not one of these guys that, you know, puts up flyers and says, I'm a trainer because I work out the gym. You did the work and you've learned and you have the certifications and degrees, correct? Yes. I have a bachelor of science degree in dietetics, which is nutrition. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist, a certified sports nutrition specialist. I have 10 years um, experience and I used to compete in natural bodybuilding and men's physique. Is that all? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because obviously I knew who you are, were because of being on The Bachelorette, but I actually found your social media because of, again, like I said, I saw the picture and the article about your client who lost a hundred pounds and she was, you know, a very heavy lady. And, and I could relate to that. And I, I love that you work with people that aren't just fit trying to become ripped. You are working with people that really need some help. And when I went to your social media, I was so surprised by the intellectual posts that you're putting on. It wasn't just look at me doing curls. It was, this is how scientifically, this is what happens in your body. And this is why this is good. And that's good. And I was like, wow, this bachelorette guy is kind of smart. <laughs> you know, we, we wouldn't have gotten that from the season of bachelorette, but you really, you really know what you're doing. And your social media is is really great. And we'll talk about this later. But just the fact that you go to grocery stores and you do your little videos, they're, they're great. <laughs> it's they're so, really it's great. so awkward, but everybody loves it. But, you know, because I think a lot of trainers and a lot of people, like I said, they're trainers, but they don't really understand the science or they, they don't understand um, the, fit, the the nutrition part. Yeah, and people don't know how to read labels. And when I explain that, they're like, oh, my God, but it says on the front. I'm like, don't read the front. Right. Read the back. But, you know, a lot of people in this country – we struggle with weight because we don't understand and we don't understand a lot about fitness and nutrition, but also the people that are there to help us don't understand us. They don't understand what it's like to struggle and to really be overweight. And, you know, I'm a guy, I know I've been in all, I know exactly how to eat and I know how to exercise, but my issues come from other places that prevent me from being where I want to be. Um, and, it's so it's really kind of refreshing to see a trainer who really kind of gets it and works for his clients and and puts really good information out into the universe not just saying hey look at me i'm you know a ripped personal trainer cuz yeah, that's kind of off putting <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i i started out just really really being a science nerd and knowing the science behind you know dietetics and exercise physiology but training people you know like sarah has really kind of transformed me as a trainer and as a person because I got to be with her every step of the way and I cry with her and I got to experience all her struggles because weight loss isn't just, you know, tracking the calories and, and putting in the work. It's it's emotional. It's you're going through big life changes yeah. and you have to you're taking out so much negative, you have to fill it back up with good. And I remember, you know, Sarah and I had what we called um, non-scale victories, which was she would say, you know, Blake, this was the first time that I rode in an airplane and I didn't have anxiety because I was afraid that my side fat was going to touch somebody on accident. Or this was the first time that I was able to cross my legs in five years, the first time I didn't use a seat extender. And I never thought about that because she told me, she said, Blake, she said, I want you to imagine that you go on an airplane 
and you see that fat person coming by and you're like, oh God, please don't sit next to me. me. She was like, that's what you think about. She was like, you know what I think about? I'm a nice, sweet person who doesn't want to, who doesn't want to inconvenience anybody. And I'm having an anxiety attack knowing that my fat rolls are going to be touching two people that don't want it to be touching. She was like, how do you think I feel? I just sit there in a panic the whole flight. And I was like, oh my God, I never thought of what it's like to be that person. They don't, it's not like they were just like, screw you guys. Like, Right. You're living in my world. They're like, they, right. they, they don't want to inconvenience anybody either. No, like, I mean, I, I get that so much. I mean, I'm struggling with weight right now and um, for, for many different reasons, but I travel a lot. And when I'm on a flight, like I can see people's face and I can see in their expression, they're like, oh, please don't let him sit by me. And it, it's the worst feeling. And then, then I'm someone sits next to me and I have my hands like on top of me and I'm I don't want to take up the armrest because I've already feel like I'm taking up too much space and I don't want to you know inconvenience anybody even more and it's it's a horrible feeling and a lot of times I have conversations with people especially people that are very thin and they'll say well I understand because I'm the other side like I can't gain weight and do you know how hard that is and I always say yeah I understand like to you and perspective is an amazing thing. And to you, it's a big deal, but no one's ever going to look at a skinny person with disgust. Yeah. You know, the and way we- people look at obese people is with disgust. And guess what? No one is morbidly obese because they're hungry all the time. Yep. It has nothing to do with that. There's a, there's <laughs> so- a lot. Go- and the other thing too is like, yeah, I'm fit and I can go out and have a piece of pizza and no one bats an eye. But if you go out and you have one slice of Absolutely. pizza, people look at you like, well, that's why you look like that. Like oh, people yeah. people judge. And, you know, I, I know after being on a reality show what it's like to be judged. Um, but the thing I try to tell people is like, who are you to judge? You're not perfect. Like I can, I my heart goes out to people that are overweight because there may be nothing wrong with you except for the fact that you're overweight. But you have to wear your defect on the outside for everyone to see every day. But there's some guy that's ripped and fit and super awesome that beats his wife or exactly. is in yeah. debt or is abusive or is struggling with coke or, you know, like, but you'll never become famous. Yeah, and you'll ne- yeah, exactly. But you'll never see that because it's not on the outside. Right. And so, you know, people that are overweight, there may be nothing wrong with them other than the fact that they're overweight, but they have to wear it on the outside for people to see every day. And it's like every time you go out in public, are you going to eat like celery and a salad? And then you have to then you have to now eat pizza at home and hate yourself because you can't do it in the public eye. Which is exactly like, what that's you not helping the issue. Right. You know, <laughs> and it's that's exactly how people get into these cycles. And I talk very candidly about my weight loss in my book or my weight gains and weight loss. And most of my life, I was very, very fit. But I always thought I was fat. And then I manifested it because I didn't understand nutrition, first of all. And then I had an opportunity to lose all this weight by going through this documentary and I lost all the weight and I learned about nutrition and then some major life things happened and I gained it all back. And the shame of gaining it all back put me in this like place of, of frozen where I, I couldn't, I, I really couldn't move forward because I was just so ashamed. But, but I also realized that I'm a healthy guy for as big as I am. You know, my doctor always says I'm the fittest fat guy he ever knew. He doesn't understand how I... I'm so fit, but I move well and I'm healthy and I know that that's the most important thing. And aesthetically, I'll get it under control when I'm ready and when I can. Um, But people don't understand that. And to be a trainer, I think when you're working with people that are overweight, you have to have compassion more than anything else. And just by following you and seeing what you're doing and putting out into the world, you can tell that you have that. And it was one of the reasons I wanted to bring you in because I felt after reading up on you and watching your videos and and seeing your social media, I felt, well, this guy hasn't really been dealt the best hand, um, especially with your experiences on reality shows. So 
Let's talk about The Bachelorette. Let's talk about it. <laughs> wow, boom. Right. So <laughs> you are known as the guy who fought with the Waboom guy, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, what, it, a, what a great legacy to have. Right. Great legacy. <laughs> they don't really talk much about your passions or, again, it was a spot aspiring drummer not like not even not even accomplished drummer, drummer. right I'm, I'm an endorsed i'm endorsed i've signed record deals my i've, I've played right. in bands yeah it doesn't matter it it was when i look back on the bachelorette and your experience there it was you were definitely used as a as a role to move a, a plot line forward and do you think that that is accurate i like i said without going into the the, the backstory i felt like the moment that they knew that there was, you know, potential conflict with Lucas and myself. Which, by the way, which wasn't talked about. Why did they think that? Did you know Lucas before you got there? Let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll try and make this short because I could talk about this for a half hour. Basically, Lucas and I were on a previous reality show called Exile. Karma Don't Lich. you think they should have brought that up? <laughs> yeah, right? So uh, you knew this guy. You were already on a reality show with him. Yes. And you have to keep in mind, like, context is very important. So there's people that seek out reality shows and want to be reality stars. Or, and then there's people like myself that are personal trainers that do fitness modeling for fun on the side. And we bump into producers in L.A. So I got three grand to go to the Dominican Republic for nine or ten days. And I was kind of hired as a fitness model. They were like, look, you're there to be eye candy and try and make a connection with one of these people. If you don't, you get paid the same. It's awesome. Like, just go hang out. Like, go meet people. So Win-win. Yeah. So the, the show was about five pairs of exes go to an island under the impression that they're there to like help each other move on when really they get there and they go into group couple therapy and it's like surprise we don't think you're over your ex and when i told that to people they're like you and you're crazy i was like no i was not one of the five pairs of exes i was one of the five pairs of single guys and single girls that came in halfway through the season as a plot twist to help them meet new people so the show i wasn't one of the focus of the show the way that lucas was um so on that show, Lucas and I shared a similar love interest, um, Brittany, his quote-unquote ex-girlfriend. They dated for like a month. Like He he basically got her to go on the show as a favor because he couldn't go on the show with, without, without an ex. Her, right. So he pulled her in. She went on the show as a favor to him. And, and he was seeking to be on a reality show. Yeah, he's been on like five shows. Okay. <laughs> so This is um, his career. Yeah. And... Basically, like I had a little, I had a connection with with Brittany on the you know the two dates that we went on on the show, and at the the big finale of the show is the five pairs of exes can choose to go home alone with their ex or with someone new they've made a connection with. So there's this big scene where Lucas and um, Brittany walk to the end of the driveway, and Lucas tells the other girl that he was dating that he's uh, that he's not going to be going home with her. He's going to go home with Brittany. And Brittany tells me that she's not going to go home with me. She's going to go home with Lucas. And I'm supposed to be heartbroken. And I was like, I've known you like seven days. Like, yeah, like, I, like, like I I'm like, all right, minutes. cool. Like, fine. Like, Bye. But the cool <laughs> thing is like that show, that show I was really scared was going to make me look bad because it was from the same producers as Jersey Shore. And I was like, all right, they're going to make me a meathead douchebag. But that show made me look like the sweet guy that didn't get picked. Like I wasn't heartbroken. It was great. It was everything it was all peachy. Right. But the interesting backstory is, and you know, sorry to throw you under the bus, Lucas, but it is what it is. Um, Lucas, you know, cast for that show. I, I, I was pointed out to a producer. I, I viewed it as kind of like paid fitness modeling. He thought this was going to be his big break for this reality show. He got Brittany to go on the show. It wasn't really his ex, some, some girl that he knew he maybe dated for a month. And then the girl that he was seeing on the show, even though he broke up with her on television, he kept seeing her in real life and broke her heart. And she went back to Dublin. So he was kind of fake across the board. Brittany, the girl who chose to go home with Lucas, I found out had a boyfriend in the real world. So Brittany just went home with Lucas because she told her boyfriend, like, I'm doing this as a favor to Lucas. Like, not let's not tell your boyfriend that you made out with me a couple times on this show and they didn't air it. Like, you got lucky. Like, everybody was fake 
but Blake. Right. <laughs> so at least I was like, you know what? I got paid. It was fun. It was a cool experience. The show was a total flop, you know, whatever. Yeah, so, I never heard of it. Yeah. So, so I didn't know. Fast forward to The Bachelorette. I run into a producer at the gym. They said, you want to go on the show? I look it up. I was like, wow, this is a big opportunity. And I just thought, you know, worst case scenario, I get some followers out of this. Best case scenario, like I find love, I get married. This is awesome. Like win-win. So I go on the show and basically that night one, I come in with the drum line and the band and I'm on cloud. Well, no, I, well, let's pause. Yeah. First, they pulled you out and and the end of the season before at the final rose or something, right? They, they Yeah. They brought you with three other people who live in LA, and we're like, "Hey, Rachel, you're gonna your journey starts now. Your yeah. Chris Harrison, your journey for love starts right now." And then they brought you out. Yeah, and so it was super awkward for you guys, but also for the audience because you're like, "What's going on?" So and, and they sprung that on me that day. Like I, I they told me that I was I was gonna be just chilling in a hotel for three or four days, getting to know producers. Like I got no sleep the night before. I had to. I had to take my dog to this girl's house to stay with her. And I spent the night there so that my dog wouldn't like lose his shit. And then they picked me up from there. I was like bloodshot eyes, tired, couldn't wait to get to the hotel and relax. And they're like, surprise, you're going to be on national television tonight. I was like, <laughs> and I do, I have to point out, I do remember this just popped in my head. You said, you smell good. <laughs> I was like, you look, I, I remember, I, I don't remember that, but I remember I, I walked up and I was like, hi, uh, like, like you look good. You smell good. Yeah, I was like, was and it was so funny. awkward. But the funny thing was I tried to be a gentleman. I wanted, I reached out cause I wanted to grab Rachel's hand and kiss her hand. And oh. she thought I was going for the hug and it was the most awkward, awkward. you know, like when you dab somebody, but they think your hand, it was oh, like, yeah. it was well, so don't bad. Worry. It was awkward for the audience too. I mean, the whole thing was just weird. So, but anyway, so you had to do that. And then that was like your first introduction, but then you had your real introduction, which tell us about. And mind you, mind you this. So, um, there's, there's, there was only like three or four days between that and when they, we actually started filming, but you, the audience, don't see the show until months later. Right. Well, because I was one of those four, everybody just goes and digs up all the dirt they can find on those four while we're waiting on the show. Well, right. I got a DUI eight years ago in college, and so if you Google Blake Ellerby, all you could find was four pages of Blake, bad boy Ellerby, is going to try and <laughs> deceive Rachel and whatever. And, and like Dean had an underage drinking arrest from college. And, like, and they just made us out to be these terrible people. And if you Google my name, it was there's nothing about fitness or nutrition. It was just like bad boy Blake Ellerby with a DUI, you know. Right. Um, so, so I get on the show and I was like, oh, that was so awkward. And then night one. They, they were like, Blake, what do you, they were talking to us. They were like, what brainstorming, what do you want to do for your entrance? And I was like, well, it'd be really cool if I could have a drum. Like, actually, I wanted my first entrance to be, I wanted it to be me and my dog Calvin in matching suits. And and they were like, uh, it's kind of a liability to have like an unneutered pit bull with like, a <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, but he's really sweet. They were like, no, we've, we have animal trainers. Like, we, if you have like, a, if you want a camel or a horse or whatever, that's fine. But your own dog, that's a liability. I was, All right, fine. I said, so what if we got a drum line? And they were like, oh, that can be cool. Let me see what we can do. And after two days, three days, I was like, you get the drum line? You get the drum line? They're like, eh, I don't know. So finally the day of, I was like, they they kind of pranked me. And they were like, uh, dude, we're sorry. Like, couldn't get you a drum line. And I was like, I know. It's probably too big of a thing. They were like, we got you your own marching band. Oh, nice. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was so excited. I literally, when I marched in with the band in the, in the suit playing snare drum, like for those that don't know, any band nerds out there, like I toured internationally playing snare drum. I was a professional snare drummer. I did drum corps international. So I've been to Canada and back three times playing professionally, competing against the world in drumline and marching right. band. Um, and so I was really, really stoked to basically just to have people see that side of me. Like some people will think, okay, band nerd, but I was like, for the people that, that matter to me that I care about, that's really freaking cool. They could see that I'm drumming in. Well, as a music choral nerd, I yeah. uh, get it. Like it's a passion. It's something that you love. Yep. And that was one of the Do you know what things... drum corps is? Yeah. Yeah. I did yeah, four of years of drum corps. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and, and the thing is, it's just like any other 
passion that you have. If you're a soccer player and you want to, you got to come in with the soccer team and doing your soccer tricks. Like some people might roll their eyes and be like, Oh gosh, you know, soccer, like stupid jock or whatever, but it's your passion. So I remember when you came in with your drum line and drumming or with the marching band and you drumming, because I thought like, Oh, like this guy is passionate. Like, you know, this is something he's passionate about. A lot of people you know, thought it was extra. They're like, Oh, he's trying so hard. I was like, this is cool. Okay. You know, this is up, cool. They've had people write up in horses. Yeah. They've had, I mean, listen, it gets, it does get ridiculous. <laughs> But at least it was something that was like it made sense to you. Like uh, you're a drummer, you know. Well, you're an aspiring drummer. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was excited because I was like, you know what? I was like, I got to redeem myself in Rachel's eyes. Our 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 awkward entrance went to a really genuine one that was really cool. And I was happy because I was like, well, if I go home tonight, at least six million people got to see me doing something that I love. Right. Like I, I look like James Bond playing snare drum. I was wearing a black and white suit with a snare drum with a marching band. I was like, this is cool. If I go home tonight, like I'm, but, I'm happy. With and this. this is what's so sad though, because this was your mentality and it, it took a bad turn. <laughs> yeah. It didn't go the way you had hoped. So, but before we get to that, what was Rachel like? Rachel was, Rachel was really sweet. I Did mean, you actually get to know these people. So I'll, so here's the thing. So night one, I spend five minutes with Rachel. Then on the group date, on the group date, things felt very fake. Like it felt like they just really need to get get certain shots. Like, hey, guys, play football. Like, someone go touch Rachel. Someone give her a sandwich. Like, it was just getting all the B roll. And then the turning point for me was on the group date when I got one on one time with Rachel. We talked for so long. And I was the last person to talk to her. We talked for so long that the producers were like, "You guys need to wrap this up." And I was like, "Oh, this is this is a good sign." Like, Rachel's not like getting bored with me, or they're not saying like. It, basically, it's like we've been talking and connecting for so long that. You know, they, we need to wrap things up. But little did I know, like, Rachel was just doing a good job of, like, playing the part. Because if she was interested in me, she hopefully would have, you know, kept me around. Right. So that's where I, I shot myself in the foot on the group date. Because that's when I was like, I'm just so happy to be here. I was like, I really thought that a lot of us wouldn't get along. And I was like, honestly, every guy here is such a gentleman. I was like, except for one. And she was like, oh, who's that? I was like, crap, didn't mean to say that. Don't want to talk about it. I was like, don't, like, because I, I knew, like, if I talk about this, this will become a thing. Which, by and the I way. Asked, I, and I opened up a can you of did, You did. And, and I have, I, I hate to admit that I have been watching The Bachelor and Bachelorette for years. And I love me some Bachelor in Paradise. Um, although this year I found it a little boring. Anyway, um, you never, ever bring up another guy. Like that's as soon as oh, someone every, you know, brings up another guy, you know they're out. Like the amount, that's, of, the amount of DMs that I got, people were like, "Dude, you uh, never bring up no, another guy. Never ever bring it up." And for me, I know I would be terrible at these shows because I think it and it comes right out my mouth. So I'd be the first one talking about like, "Well, this one's an ass, and this one's this, and this one's that." Yeah. So it would never work for me. But yeah, I mean, as soon as you bring up another guy, you're out. Like the same thing. Like Iggy brought up Josiah, and it was like, "Boom, you're gone." Gone. Next, you know. And that's why I really wish I had done my research. I watched one episode of The Bachelor. I watched Nick's season of The Bachelor, and I watched JoJo's season of The Bachelorette. And that's why when this controversy came up with Lucas and myself, I thought, okay, well, that's kind of like the Marine guy, Alex, that stood up to Chad. Right. Like, I was like, well, he didn't last that long, and he's not really remembered for much. But at least he's remembered for like standing up to the bad guy. I was like, at right. least if I'm remembered for standing up to Lucas, like I can live with that. I didn't know that it was going to turn into, I know you're both going home. You're both stupid. We'll see. And the funny thing is, it, without having watched this show for years, you wouldn't have known that Wabam or whatever the hell his name was. He wasn't the bad guy. He was just the weirdo. Like, yeah. there's always, Lee like, was the, the bad weirdo. guy. Yeah. Right. I get, no. I mean, really, I think Demaria was the bad guy. Yeah, he was for the first season, guy. Yeah. The first one. Like, he was the shocking one. So, like. And my heart goes out to him because that was just some girl he hooked up with months before. He never dated that girl. Like, he got played too. But. Rachel's thing when she spoke to him was like, look, if you would have just said that, I would have kept you, but you acted like you didn't know her. But like, put yourself in DeMario's shoes, like the panic attack of like, oh. I'm being set up, right? Like, how do you think I felt when I saw Lucas? The same way 
I when I saw Lucas, I was like, oh god, oh god, oh god. So when you saw it, Lucas, you knew you knew this wasn't going to be great for you. So the only happiness that I encountered in this entire experience was me marching in with the drumline, going inside, meeting guys for about 20 minutes, and then I see Lucas walk in. It was like game over. It was right. like I know what they're doing. I'm set up. I was like in my mind, I was like, great. They're going to say that we're we've both been on a previous reality show and that we're both here for the wrong reasons. And you know, Kenny had been on a reality show. Uh, what's Brian? Wait, Brian's the one who won, right? I don't know. The guy. Uh, yeah, Brian, who's with Ra- yeah Brian, who's with Rachel. Brian wow. Brian was on a show twelve years ago called The Biggest Player in Miami. He was a Guido gelled hair like really yeah. So he actually won the long game. There is no bigger player than the guy who wins the Bachelorette. Yeah. So everybody funny. Everybody's fake. Oh yeah, Brian. Yeah. See, I I found this season really boring. Sorry. <laughs> I like I I checked out of it. I I fast forwarded a lot. I was like boring. But and, and I think we all know that it's all kind of faked and and it's rigged. But I guess my hope was that they weren't really trying to screw with people's lives, and but they kind of do. The thing, the thing that was that I struggle with is, you know, what did they or didn't they have an agenda with? What what were they expecting to happen? Because I remember night one, they wanted me to confront Lucas, and I kind of did like a soft confrontation. That's where I was like, I have no what booms at me or whatever. And they're like, that wasn't enough. Like you really got to call him out and separate yourself from him. I was like, okay, well maybe not night one. Like can we make this about Rachel? Like and I that was the first I kind of pushed back with producers. And so then, you know, that's when it kind of came to a head on the group date and Lucas didn't do himself any favors because he was drunk. But basically to, to go back night one, when I saw him, all I could think of was, all right, if I pretend like I don't know him later on, it's going to come up that I know him and I'm right. fake and, and I'm like a liar. I was like, if I act like I'm friends with him because I do know who he is, now I'm the guy that's friends with the Waboom guy or my only option, which is the one they kind of stressed, which was you need to come out in front of this. And how do you come out in front of this? Well, Lucas is here for the wrong reasons. Again, had I known that being there for the wrong reasons was a theme throughout the right. whole franchise. I would yes. have never been because people were like, "Dude, don't call someone out for being there for the wrong reasons. You're right. all there for the wrong reasons." Right? Like <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on. Like you know, and I think that knowing again, ha- having watching the show, if they came to me and said that to me, like, "Oh, you know, we want you to say that they're there for the right wrong reasons," I would say, "Well, who am I to say?" Who's here for what reasons? All I know is that I don't want to be associated with him because I don't get a good feeling from him. Yeah. I would say something like that. And, and I, I just, it was really tough because a lot of the blowback was that I was a hypocrite because a lot of people are like, you're calling Lucas out for being there for the wrong reasons. Like, you're there for the wrong reasons. You want to promote your business. I was like, no, I'm not opposed to my business getting press from this, but I'm here because I'm open to love. I was like, someone screaming into a megaphone with a waboom tank shot, tank top, like interrupting other people's interviews is, is trying to get their persona. Like, right. You know, like, yes, everybody's happy to get the celebrity that comes after the show, but you got to at least be you on the show. Yeah. Don't be a I character mean, that was, on the show. I mean, like, let, just a pause for that. That whole waboom thing was so bizarre. And I don't know. I honestly, I don't follow the guy. I don't know how he's doing, if he's doing well or not, but I can't imagine it did much for him because it was so ridiculous and quite frankly kind of embarrassing um, because it was so apparent that like he literally – he wasn't even trying to hide it. Like he was there to like promote himself. But I kind of look at it this way. I think most people that go on a show like this, yeah, you might go for the fun and you know you might think the girl's hot or whatever or the guy's hot. And, but you know, you're also thinking like this might, this is, this could potentially really change my life and help me. This is your break, and that's sense. okay. Yeah, your big break. It's okay when you own it and you, you're genuine about it. And a lot of these people have turned their bachelor and bachelorette ness into a living. 
Well, I mean, and Peter's a good example because Peter's doing very successful, but a lot of people disliked him because they were like, how could you go on the show and not be ready to propose? Like, Rachel loved you and you weren't ready to take that step. And Peter's like, uh, I've known her like six weeks. Like, I'm just not there yet. I care, right. I care about her, but I'm just not ready to propose to her. And people are like, well, you shouldn't have gone on the show if you weren't ready to propose. Like, look, the guy was real and you were hating him for being real. Yeah, and actually, I will say, like, I kept watching that when I, I did watch to mostly the end. I don't think I saw the last one. But I kept thinking, well, he of course, he's not going to win because he's the most completely normal. He's like, I can't say I love you. I've known you for like five days. <laughs> and also, like, on, on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, like, second place is first place because you get the opportunity to become The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And right. you're also the world's most eligible bachelor. Like, yeah. Peter, P- Peter and, you know, Dean are the most sought after single guys like ever right now right crazy. I, mean, I mean and dean has turned this around too he start, he has his new podcast he, let me let me do let me finish the backstory on oh yeah lucas because i i have a, something kind of nice to say um basically the like i said when i saw him like he because he was he he came up to me and he was like Shh, like don't say anything like you don't have to like it, it's cool like you don't have to like lucas was basically saying like be cool be cool and i'm like no like i don't want to be associated with you like i would just want us to be different and the thing that hurt was the guys on the show all kind of developed this camaraderie and they would stay up late every night drinking and playing cards. I would just go to bed early because right. I was like, I was focused on Rachel. But meanwhile, these guys are making friends and I was like, crap, like Lucas is winning over these other guys. Right. And they're like, Blake, why do you hate him so much? Like, he's not that bad of a guy. I was like, I'm not saying he's not a bad guy. Lucas is fun to hang out with. He's a crazy, crazy guy. Like right. he's like, I would have fun taking shots with Lucas at the bar. Like Lucas is a fun guy. I have nothing against Lucas as a person. Right. I had beef with him in that situation and, he and why he, you know. I, I, I hated the position that I was in. And yeah. the reason why it was so much worse is that Lucas's ex-girlfriend from that reality show lives in the guest bedroom in my house. Right. Oh, and yeah. I, I was forgot in, to mention that yes, part. Yes. The, <laughs> and so she had made – she and I were at, you know, at Odds Inn and I basically had had her evicted from my house. And, right. and she had said that she was like, I'll – you know, I'm going to – like she said like, I'll have your dog taken away. All this. So I had to like, instead of letting my dog stay home with my roommates to watch him because I didn't trust her, I had to have someone else watch my dog. I had to buy a deadlock for my door. I didn't know if Brittany was like burning down the house while I was on the show. And right. then I see Lucas and I'm like, do you see this was going? Like I couldn't get away from Lucas and Brittany an exile. Like I thought I was done with them then. And then now they're still in my life screwing me up. And, I, and you have to keep in my mind, it was like, all right, Lucas had his chance on exile. I was like, maybe this, maybe the bachelorette's kind of going to be my thing. And it's like, no, Lucas is coming along with you. Oh, and that girl that's in your house, it's Lucas's extra. Like, I just can't get away from this whole thing. Yeah. It so was, it was just overlapping too much. So there was a lot of crap going on in my life. So I'm on the bachelorette in the back of my mind, like, is Brittany burning my house down? Like, what is, what is going on? And here you are with her ex. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I kind of get that. And even if you didn't have like, beef with the guy i mean i think about it it reminds me of like when i went to college when i went to college a bunch of kids from my high school went to the same college and i was friends with a lot of them and i remember the first day in college we went we all decided to have dinner together and i said you know i think going forward we should try to have our own friends and we shouldn't hang out with each other like let's go try to make new friends because it's a new time in our life. It's a new experience. And it wasn't that I didn't, like, love you guys and whatever, but it, I wanted to experience something new. And it kind of feels like that. Like, you're not saying that you hate this guy, but you're. it was one part of your life, and now you're doing something different. And you don't want to just stick with the, what you already know. You want to experience something new. Yeah, and it was, I was a little bitter, too, because I was like, all right, like, Lucas had his chance. He was the main character on Exile. This Bachelorette thing is kind of my big opportunity, and I'm doing it right. Like I am going into this with an open heart, open to the experience, and right. I see this guy from my past who I know from my past is a fake guy that just wants to get ahead, and now he's that on steroids. Like He's that with Waboom t-shirts and a mega—I'm like, he's, 
he was bad before now he's even worse but like again to to lucas's credit like that's his that's his thing like lucas is like the waboom guy and his crazy catchphrases and his wannabe jim carreyness whatever like that is lucas right so i mean i will go on the record and say like lucas and i have made up since then like do we hang out are we close no but i don't actually have beef with lucas like lucas was being lucas i have beef with me being forced into having beef with lucas me right. getting played into having beef with lucas gotcha. and even lucas understands afterwards he's like blake man like they got to you like you didn't have to buy into that role and everybody that i spoke to was like blake lucas would have burned his own bridge if you would right. have just left it alone and i was like yeah but if i would have left it alone they probably would have made something right. they would have been like hey guys like tap 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 like did you know blake and lucas run like i i felt like i the second that i saw him i knew like i'm set up to fail whether i whether i cause the failure lucas caused the failure or producers make the failure failures going down well have you seen that show um i think it's a unreal show unreal yeah that's the Un- unreal i mean they they i I'm assuming that that's very accurate, that the producers will, like, take off the headset, sit down, and be like, well, do you know that he said this or she said that and blah, 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 and they push to get things so they, out of they it, They right? create things that aren't really there. And like, But what's funny is that a lot of it is realer than you think, but it's it's they've facilitated it. Like, that fight with Lucas, a lot of people were like, that's totally fake. They scripted that. I was like, no, I was really upset, and that happened, but it happened because they conveniently put our interviews, like, 50 feet away from each other the producer told me how upset are you right now i said very upset he said don't you want to give lucas a piece of your mind i was like yeah i guess and he was like why don't you yell at him i was like well i'm not going to yell across the driveway i'm a gentleman he was like you can go over there and yell See, at him. I, I, I was like, like i can he was like of course you can i was like oh awesome so i stormed over there and they were like like cameras to like cameras they were like this is gold because honestly had i not fought with him had i just said no i don't want to yell at him like this just sucks i'm going home I, nobody would even remember me I would have been a second row ceremony guy. I would have just gone home. Like I don't. I think they were just planning on like, okay, Blake just happens to be going home with Lucas. Like finally, we're done with the Waboom guy. But instead, it turned into like the Blake and Lucas show. Like we were the highlight of that show. It was like five, ten, fifteen minutes, whatever, of just us fighting. So they got. They actually got. You know content gold out of me because they weren't expecting me to go off on Lucas and us to like bicker back and forth. Right. So it turned into a, a whole thing, which it. I guess in one sense, like. I gave myself more celebrity out of that negative, but it's I, if I could go back in time, I don't want any of that. Right, it's like, negative. Yeah, and, I mean, I I understand that this is a, a, a show, it's a TV show, and they have they have things they need to do, but I don't like, I just don't like that. I I don't think it's ethical, and I, I don't think it's like being an adult. Like, don't try to make people like you said, like, aren't you mad? Like, go talk. Don't you want to yell at him? Like, that's just not. That's like a very that makes me feel like sick. Like if I was that producer, I would feel like disgusted with myself. Well, and, and I, you know, I watched the show and a good example is like Nick's season. I watched, um, what's her, I think her name is Taylor. And I remember I was like, God, like that girl is annoying. Like she sucks. Oh, and then you see right. her. And I met, that's like, I'm smarter than everybody. Was emotion, that yeah. One? Emotional intelligence. Oh, it's emotional intelligence. Then yeah. I meet her in paradise and she's super sweet. They gave her a good edit because she got engaged, yeah. all that. But I went into that being like, ugh. And, like, I see that and I go, oh, God, well, then what do people think of me? Right. And I watch my season and I go, man, like, they make they make Lee look like he's racist. They make Will look like he won't make a move. I, I was like, I bet Will doesn't have a problem making a move in right. real life. Like, they make, um, uh, what is it, you know, they, who else? Will not make a move. Lee, racist. Um, Demario, Vill- like, they make, they just make a lot of people into what they're not. And I'm like, that's what you're always going to be. Like, they make Iggy look like he's a shit talker. Snit- right. Like, like, you're always going to be remembered for that. Like that little highlight. Here's a perfect example. I tell people, because people can't, people are like, if you would have focused more on Rachel, you wouldn't have had a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, 
when I do my one hour interview, when I talk to Rachel about 50 minutes, I talk about Lucas for 10, they take one out of that 10 and that's what airs. Like, right. So I tell people, imagine a normal day, right? Let's say you get up, you're playing your favorite song, you have a cup of coffee, um, you're in a really good mood, you got plenty of sleep, you're excited, you're going to work, you're gonna get there early and then some asshole cuts you off and you go, what the fuck? You slam on the brake, right? right. And then you, you recompose yourself, you turn back on your happy song, you get to work, you get a promotion, you eat some cake with your coworker, you go out, you have dinner, like you kiss the girl, you have a great night, and then they film that whole day, right? right? It was an amazing day, but there was two minutes out of that day where you lost your shit. There's two minutes out of that day where you went, fuck, when a guy cut you off. Well, if they only show you screaming at someone in traffic, right. you are all you're known for is the guy that can't hold his shit together, you know, the guy that's, that's angry. That's a really good example. So on a reality show, like people are like, you seem really angry. I'm like, no. <laughs> I was angry for one moment out of a 24-hour day of like awesomeness and happiness and like connecting with Rachel and, and yeah. shooting, shooting the shit with the guys. So you well, see and, what they choose to show that you. That really sucks because, I mean, just you you are such a positive guy. You have a smile on your face. You're so nice. And I'm I'm a and, really cheesy, corny guy, and you see none yeah, of that on the and show. That's so, and it's, I am a master of puns. I'm very punny. Oh, and, boy. <laughs> and nobody, nobody gets to see that. Like, I send more memes out to people. Well, it's, it's just, it's unfortunate that, but you know, I think that you did get yourself out there to people and because of that they're seeing what you really do and people like me are feel compelled to like give you a platform because I feel like okay this can't be what defines him because he's so much more and I know what that's like I know when things happen in your life and people think one thing of you and it's so not who you are not what you want to be and you you need that platform and you need that chance to show people who you really are. And I think I, I don't worry about you. I think you're gonna be I think you're gonna be okay because what you're doing is is honest and it's it's really um you, you really put your heart on your sleeve and vulnerability is an amazing thing. And when you can be vulnerable and you're honest with people, people can feel that and they're receptive and they'll forget waboom and you fighting. And they'll remember the guy that like was like, okay, this wasn't the the, the best you know hand dealt to me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna play it the best I can. Um, I want to go back though for something that you said because I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little cynical here and and definitely a guy. You said <laughs> I went into this experience with an open heart to blah 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 blah. I mean, come on, does anybody really feel that way? Like it's kind of BS, right? I mean, people go on the Bachelorette. Or The Bachelor to be on TV. I mean, come on. Does anyone really go and be like, I'm in this for the experience because I want to find love? That's crap, right? So here's here's the thing. Here's how here's how you know that the show is BS. So the way the show worked in the beginning was you found out who was going to be The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. And if you were crazy about that person after seeing them, you auditioned to like get the chance to date that person. So you know beforehand who's going to be. You used to. Now, when you cast for the show, you don't even know who the guy or girl is yet. So you have to be willing to be open to falling in love with someone that you don't even know who it is yet. It's like, I'm open to this blind date, you know. So when I was casting for the show, they said, look, it's going to be one of these five girls that are, you know, at the end of next season. Like, it's going to be one of these four. Like, do you like the girls that are in the top four? Like, are you, are, is that a girl you'd be interested in? And I, I, sorry to throw her under the bus, but I told them, I was like, I'm interested in all of them except for Raven. I was like, if it's Raven, I can't do it. Like, right. Raven just doesn't do it for me. And so when I found out it was Rachel, I was like, okay, she wasn't like my first choice. I was like, but Rachel's cute. And I liked her edit on Nick's season. I was like, Rachel's like, 
she's like she's independent like she's she calls it like it is like she she's witty she can give it right back i was like that's what i need and i told producers in my bio thing they were like what do you like about rachel i was like not only is rachel beautiful but she's got her shit together and she's smart and she's intelligent but what do they show they show me talking about my penis out of context um, so. <laughs> yeah we're not even gonna get into that because we could keep this like friendly yeah but it's just interesting to me because like i get that I get why people like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I do, because I love it. I mean, I watch it. It's the only the only reality show I watch. Um, there's just something about it. I find it extremely entertaining. Um, I and for the, all the the bad reasons, you know, for the people going crazy and having their moments and you know, and especially I love The Bachelor because the women and how they and I know it's editing, it's terrible, but it, it's just it can be extremely entertaining. But I just think to myself, like really going into this, when people are like when the guys are like, oh, and I'm just with an open heart and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, really? You're going on it because you're like, this is going to be a fun experience. And if something happens, cool. But like, that's the reality of it. Yeah. You know? so, the, so the reality of it is like, the reality of it is like, yes, I would be lying if I said that like every single person going onto that show is not stupid. They've, they, if they haven't seen the show, they go see it and right. then during the casting process. So they know that it's a big deal. And if they're not a moron, they'll go on social media and see what it's doing for people that have been on the show. And I did that. And I, and my, and I only saw it in positive way. I didn't see that like the show makes some people look bad. In my mind, I was like, that would never happen to me. I'll be one of the people that look good because I'm a great guy. Right. So I went into this thinking, okay. I, I I am I am open to love. Like I am a hopeless romantic. I've had my heart broken lots of times. Like if you are on a hero's journey or if you are a hopeless romantic, like there is no greater love story than like finding the love of your life on television in front of millions of people. Like that would be right, amazing. Be so cool. So yeah. like if Rachel was the love of my life, this would be the greatest story like ever told. Like it would be my destiny. But if Rachel's not meant for me, like I'm gonna get a bunch of followers. It's gonna help my business. Right. <laughs> you know. So and I went into being it real. Yeah. And I'm being, and everybody else has that same mentality, but there's some people that go into it being themselves and they're open to love and it just doesn't happen or they do better or worse. And there's some people going into it going, I'm going to play a character. I'm going to play the best version of myself. Right. No matter what, I'm going to be, I'm going to be guarded. I'm not going to say anything stupid that I might in normal life. I'm not going to give, I'm going to, this is a job. I'm going, this is a, this is an entrepreneurial job. opportunity yeah. and I am doing this for the opportunity. Like I will fake love whatever person you put in front of me. Right. And so when I, so that's why my beef with Lucas at the time, like, with this whole waboom thing, I was like, I was like, look, you probably think that like I'm no better than you, and we're all here for the wrong reasons, like whatever. You're playing your card, but in my mind, it was like, look, there are people here that are open to falling in love with Rachel, and they're not wearing tank tops selling their brand from the from the gate from the right, get go. Right. Let's wait. So I was like, I was like, so you can you can throw it back at me and say, well, oh yeah, you're so high and mighty. Like you obviously are on this for for a celebrity too. Like yes, I'm not opposed to that, but I'm also correctly doing the process with the right mentality of I shouldn't be here if I'm not willing to fall in love. There are people that are willing to fake fall in love. I would, I, I told producers from the get-go, I was like, I am open to love. If the feelings are there, I'll go with it. But if I can't make it happen, like I'm not going to force something that's not there. Yeah. Otherwise I would have lied to them and said like, yeah, even if it's Raven, I'm down. I was like, no, I don't, couldn't, right. I can't see myself dating that person. Well, and, and the thing is, uh, the reason why I, I think, you know, it could work is because I fell in love with my spouse, the first time I met them like I met him I was like oh this person will be with for the rest of my life so it could be just like that you become a contestant on this show just because it'd be a fun experience you meet the person and you're like oh there you are and you'll both feel the same way and it could happen because that's how it works so it could happen but you know I I just find it very amusing when people go on and on about like here for the right reasons and I'm my heart's open and blah 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 no one goes on The Bachelorette or The Bachelor just because they want to find love and that's their only 
option, you know, get Bumble or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they're, it's a fun, amazing experience that you hope to get something more from. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I, I just went into it glasses half full. I thought nothing bad will come of this. I right. thought worst case scenario, people will see me for the sweet person that I am. Even if I go home the, the first night and best case scenario, I find love. I did not see worst case scenario. You get made into something. I mean, thank God they didn't make me the racist guy. Like, like Lee got to work, you know, but, um, and in the, ter- in terms of like love at first sight or finding love, you know, like you have to keep in mind, I met Rachel for the first time in front of a live studio audience. And it was te- terrifying. Right. Then I meet Rachel and I'm, I'm like one of the first people to talk to her on night one and there's cameras in your face and that's super awkward. You don't know if it's real feelings or manifested feelings. The only time that I really sat down and I felt a connection with Rachel was when we had a, a little bit of one-on-one time on the group date. And by that time it had been a few days in and I was comfortable with the cameras and comfortable with the process. Right. And it was like, oh, and they're like, how do you feel about Rachel? And I was like, I think there could be something there. And then next day it was rose ceremony. Like peace out. You're going home. And I was like, thanks for getting my hopes up. Right. Like I really thought I had a connection with this girl. Like, and that night, um, before the rose ceremony, um, I sat with, sat down with Rachel once and I had her like crying, laughing. We were finishing each other's sentences. It was awesome. Like I thought we had a connection. And then, Something happened where, you know, Lucas talked to her and said that I, like, stand over his bed eating bananas or whatever. And they were like, you really should talk to Rachel a second time. And I was like, no. Like, I already spoke to her already. It right. went really well. Like, I'm good to go for the rose ceremony. Like, I'll see her next time. Like, I want to end on a good note. And they were like, you really should see her a second time. I was like, will you tell me the reason why you're suggesting that I should see her? Please, just be honest with me. Please. Right. Like, did somebody say something that I need to? And they were like, it's probably just, you should probably just talk to Rachel a second time. I was like, all right, fine. So I go talk to her a second time. No chemistry the second time. She cut me off because she was like, I have to go do interview. Like, it did not go well. And she, that was when I sat down and she was like, yeah, Lucas said you eat bananas over his bed. And it was just so awkward. And I was like, I should have not have listened to them. I should have just ignored, just let the first good connection and see where it goes. Right. So in my, and I totally went into that second rose ceremony. Like, Lucas is going home. I'm staying. I'm going to continue this. Yeah. So. Well, I think that what I want people to take away from this interview is that reality shows people that go on them and people say hey they know what they signed up for but remember there's still real people who have lives and i always say throughout my speaking tours and you know i talk about it in the book and i just a personal philosophy i like to live by is that we're all doing the best we can with the issues that we have okay now when you're on a show like this you're doing the best you can with the issues that you have in front of (laughs) cameras in this crazy experience. And sometimes, you know, things come out that you maybe wouldn't normally say or do. And then it's also not in your control how it is presented to people. And, you know, there are people throughout this franchise that have been villainized or made fun of. And, you know, I know you were on the podcast with Ashley. I, who I don't remember her last name. But she Actually, was, I can edit. Okay, yeah, I couldn't even say that if I wanted to. Um, and she was the one who was crying nonstop, and she seemed like a sobbing baby who was not an adult. And then there was Corinne, who has a nanny, and they they made her seem like this horrible human being. And these are all still real people. Yeah. And remember that this is supposed to be this is the show is made for entertaining. Don't hold anything against. So everybody listening. If you're Bachelor or Bachelorette fans, don't hold what the persona that you see these people on TV to them in real life, because none of us want to be judged by a sliver of something that is shown to you by somebody else. Yeah. And that's why I kind of, you know, wanted you on because you're clearly 
nothing of the guy that was showed on TV. And I'm not even going to bring up Bachelor in Paradise because it was just ridiculous. I mean, I I was in just to, I'll recap that real quick. Basically I was super guarded. I was like, I'm not going to say anything that can take it, be taken out of con. You know, they were like, let's talk about Lucas. I was like, no, I'm not going to talk about, you know, and I would go sit down with the other people and they'd ask me, why do you not like Lucas so much? I was like, I really don't want to talk about Lucas because they're only going to edit me talking about Lucas, you know? And so it was so hard because then I couldn't, I couldn't be myself. I was, I was like, I have to, I have to review everything that I'm about to say, knowing that it can be taken out of context. I mean, I literally, I can say, I hate John, Jeff is cool. And they can edit that into, I hate Jeff. They do that. Like right. they, yeah. they take your voice and put it over other clips and they put a montage of something going on in the background. So it looks like it's the phrases from the same. So I went into paradise, like, like all right, you fuckers aren't going to fucking, like, I know what you're trying to do. Like, right. And so I couldn't, I couldn't help the fact that they gave me like dopey music. I couldn't help yeah. the fact that they didn't show me kissing the girl at sunset. Like they show you what they want to show because... In my mind, I was like, okay, Paradise is an opportunity for me to turn this around. But in their minds, it's, no, people didn't really see Blake as a cool guy on the show. So we're going to continue that storyline. Like, unless Blake falls in love and gets engaged, like, we're going to make him stupid. Like, <laughs> so. it's, it, it is amazing. Like, there are so, certain things they did. I just, it, it's just so funny because one of the other things they did with you, which is really weird. They didn't really ever talk much about you being a personal trainer and being fitness. You know, you were in a Except for when I'm yelling with Lucas, he was like... What are you? I was like, I'm a personal trainer. <laughs> right. It's funny because they had you like dress this certain way. I mean, I don't know if I want to say like juvenile or yeah, I, I wore, I had tight fitting, like stretchy kind of, you know, like, you know, if you go to the club, you're going to wear a tight fitting, you know, V-neck. Like I had tight fitting clothes that I was going to wear on paradise because to, you know, I, I'm a trainer. Like I'm fit. Right. Like I'm allowed to show, yes. show myself off. Like, and they basically like, wardrobe wouldn't approve of what i was wearing they said no you need to wear the beachy shirt so i look like the little kid in like the well, holiday this was shirt the point they, that i was uh, what i'm making is that they let some guys stroll in there with like you know little shorts on and like oiled abs and then the, uh, then they have other people come in covered up and looking so they really didn't let you have much to say into who how you were portraying yourself which is just odd you know and i think that it it's something that people need to remember when they're watching these shows also if, if the show is supposed to be like think about the platform that the show has and what it could do because a lot of the good-hearted people from the show go on to to do a lot of fundraisers and charity events and promote and stuff right. and other ones sell teeth whitener and tank tops and you know whatever right. <laughs> um but if you just look at my season three of the guys that went home the first night jedediah was an army ranger and he's an emergency medical technician. All he does is volunteer for boys and girls clubs. He's the fittest guy I've ever seen on Instagram. He was, he was the Men's Health 2006 cover model. This guy saves lives for a living and protected our country. Goes home night one. Yeah. Grant, emergency, Grant's a, like an ER doctor. Goes home night one. Blake Kilpack, Marine, goes home night one. So we're keeping around <laughs> wabooms and races and crazy. Like, like real life heroes right. are going home night one. And you know, people that are willing to play the game and play a role are staying. So just, and, and that's why people need to remember. So you may have your, you, you know, I'm, oh, I'm going to go back to Kelsey from a couple seasons ago. There was a, a contestant named Kelsey who went on about how she has the best story ever because the person that she was either married or engaged or he died and people villainized her. Like, I mean, I was like, this lady is crazy, blah, 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 blah. And, and now like, I think, you know, this was, she was probably just saying, you know, uh, yeah, I've had some really hard things in my life, but at least I have a great story. You know, when my, I had this great relationship and even though he died, you know, but it was cut together that I had this great story. My fiance died. You know, you can't judge people on what 
is shown because you never really know. It, it's it's you gotta, entertainment. You got to put yourself in their shoes. I mean, you right. know that you know that almost a dozen people have died from the franchise over the last decade. Yeah. People that have killed themselves because maybe they thought that the show was going to change their life, and the show made them look like shit, and they just it just it ate away at them. And that's why I told you this earlier is that um, even though I still like a lot of the guys from the show, I for my own mental health, I had to unfollow every single person yeah. from the franchise because I got tired of logging into Instagram and seeing, you know, so-and-so's on the red carpet and so-and-so's at this party and so-and-so's doing this and so-and-so's with a gajillion hot chicks and so-and-so's like volunteering with puppies and stuff. And I was like, I want to volunteer with puppies and do charities and I want to be on the right. red carpet. I want to do the cool stuff, yeah. but I don't get to do that. So it's just depressing. So finally one day I was like, out of sight, out of mind. I need to get all this negativity out. I'm not going to let something that literally was like seven days of my life dictate who I am for the next, you know, 50 years. Yeah, and I think the thing I want Bachelor Nation to get out of this. Listen is, up, Bachelor Nation. Yes, Bachelor Nation. Here's what I have this to say. This is the most dramatic comment there ever. Are, there are people on the show who are amazing, and they're amazing. And they're showed as amazing. There are people on the show who were not so great. And they were showed not so great. And then there were other people who were part of the story. Think of them as actors. Remember that they're real people. And they're there to entertain, but they still have real lives. They're real people doing the best they can. And, you know, don't don't judge them any different than you would judge, you know, Helen and Bottom Carner, who played uh a beach with a stranger or whatever from Harry Potter. Like you hate her in that role, but in real life you don't hate her because she's not a witch, you know? Well, this is how I think they need to start looking at bachelor contestants and bachelorette contestants. Most of them are there playing a part, whether they know it or not. And it's not exactly who they are in real life. And you are not the guy they portrayed. Okay. We talked more longer about the bachelorette than I wanted to, because it's not really why I brought you here. Um, and it's just so negative, and I'm so positive. But, so yeah, let's talk but it about wasn't negative. positive we, stuff. I mean, I think we talked positively about how to view it and and to spare other people, other contests, because this show is not going to stop and anytime soon. The, the really frustrating thing is that, like, not not that I'm on my big high horse, but I thought, you know what? If I get 100,000 followers out of this or 200,000 followers or three or whatever, be like Dean or whatever, I thought, you know, yes, that would, that would help my life a little bit. It'd be a little more comfortable. It'd help business. I was like, but – that would give me the cushion. The, that would give me the cushion of comfort to go out and do super cool things. Right. Like I can go to the charities. I can go to the fundraiser events. I can help with the breast cancer awareness and like the puppies in the shelters. And when I see the guys doing that, I'm like, man, that would be so cool to help. But like, I don't have a big enough platform to help. I just have to help individual people one by one with training. Well, also, Blake, don't forget that you having a big platform would really be beneficial for people because the content you put out can really help people. And you're going to get there because, again, you're very genuine and what you do is smart and it's it's going to help people. Yeah, I put, and, I put out a I put out a clip on, you know, on how to read nutrition properly that could change your life when you go to the grocery store and a thousand people see it. But if I sell you a movement watch or some teeth whitener and I'm right. somebody else, like <laughs> 20,000 people see it and I'm like, great, the world is changing so slowly right now. <laughs> but as, as a guy who spent this year driving 25,615 miles in their car, going to talk to people, sometimes no nobody shows up, sometimes 50, sometimes 100. I know that it can be frustrating when it's not overnight. But when you get the success that you deserve – it feels better and it means more and also you know, quality over quantity. Like, right. like, quality I mean, like, like we, we talked about Sarah earlier, like I've changed Sarah's life. 
Right. And what if I had to choose between changing one person's life for the better or selling a hundred thousand people teeth whitener? Exactly. Like, and, and that's how I feel. I mean, I am not making tons of money, and I put a lot of I have a lot of debt from the stuff that I'm doing. I know that it's going in a direction where it's going to come back to me. But when I get an email from some random person saying, I read your book or I saw you and I felt this way also. And the way you described it, it, I knew exactly what you meant. And if you can do it, I can do it. And you really changed my life. Yeah. There's that's a, there's, all there's, that matters. There's a that's guy all that matters. There's a guy out there that was going to kill himself that read your book and now is alive. Right. And, and it, you may never meet him or he might, you know, message you next week, but that, that's what we're talking about. It's like, yeah, I can, and despite my bitterness and frustration and all this stuff, like I sleep well at night knowing like, right. I know what's important to me and I know that I'm helping people and that matters. And, and like when we said, you said you didn't want to be negative about the bachelorette and what I, what I'm saying is I think that the point is anybody who listens to this, who loves the show. And again, I'm still going to watch the show. I hope we remember for the people that are coming on it in the future. Cause again, this show is not going anywhere. Be a little kinder to them remember that it's not in their control they're they're going for a fun experience doing the best they can and they're they're real people and thank them for the entertainment and and then then that's it like you know but also let them live also like you know the the cheesy thing where they say like when you point a finger at someone you got three pointing back at you right well in life the way that you view other people is really how you view yourself so if right. you watch someone on television that you've never met and you hate them you really hate yourself yeah like if you if you just if you don't like somebody for no reason that you know that you've never even met like you you really just aren't happy like i i, I try to put good into the world because i think it's kind of a, a karma kind of thing like if i'm at the checkout aisle and ralph's I don't know the the grocery, you know, the, the the cashier or attendant or whatever, but I'll go out of my way to give her a compliment or say, "How's your day?" Because I'm putting good into the world. Right. Like I'm not just going to assume like this is a this person makes minimum wage, crappy person, like who, who their life's irrelevant to mine. It's no. If I put good into their life, they're going to put good into someone else's life, and it comes back. It right. always does. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. All right. So I think we've got all of our bachelor needs addressed and we talked about that enough. I really want to go into more about what you do and and the passion that you have for health and fitness. But I'm going to end this episode at the one hour mark because we have been talking and I'm going to start a separate episode. So, uh, you know, if the listeners need to break it up, it'll be easier for them. So. Part one of Blake Ellerby has finished. Blake, hold tight. We're going to start again, and we're going to talk less about reality TV and talk about how you help change people. And if you enjoyed our podcast today, make sure to hit subscribe and rate, review us, and follow along on social media at LLTF the podcast. I absolutely love getting to this podcast. It is so much fun and want to be able to continue doing it for a long time to come. But it takes a lot of time and money, and that's where you come in. If you think you'd like to donate... Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash LLTF the podcast, or you can donate via Venmo at LLTF the podcast.